right, and we are back. Episode three this week, keeping the progress rolling. Uh, I have a guest star with me here today. Holmes is going to be joining us. Hey, hey. All right, all right, all right. All right, so jumping into the intro here, we're going to go over a couple of the uh, – or some player news just from, from yesterday, and then we'll, we'll get into uh, – Min Hamza's trade discussion slash arguments. Hamza is going to react to a couple of my studs and duds that he uh, agrees with and doesn't agree with. Um, we're going to do a little bit of buy or sell, some NFL stuff, something uh, uh, player related more, and then also um, standings related buy or sells. And then we will get into our week 11 matchup predictions. So uh, jumping straight in then to the uh, player update news. We got news that James Robinson and Dallas Goddard were both practicing today. Damian Harris is off the injury report, so he should be good to go. Um, I don't know what that means for Ramondre Stevenson, but it'll be good to see them both healthy together this week. And as of today, we got news that Chubb is trending in the right direction. Not entirely sure what that means. Um, and I, I'm guessing that just means he's going to have to get two negative tests and that he's currently negative. But um, we will keep an eye on that moving forward towards Sunday. And yeah, especially those last two are going to be kind of key things to watch for, for our league in particular. I know I'm watching the Damian news closely, uh, having picked up Ramondre, and I know that Chubb and Dearness Johnson kind of flip-flop is going to be a big deal for uh, Matt, Matt's, Matt, Matt and Jordan's matchup. Um, moving into the negative news, um, saw Aaron Rodgers didn't practice, but given that he said on Sunday that he's going to play, not really sure what that means. Um, Allen Robinson didn't practice as well on Wednesday. And then for today, Thursday, we saw Lamar, Hollywood Brown, D-Hop, and Goff not practicing. Uh, the other bit of news that was kind of consequential for tonight's game is that Patterson looks like a long shot for Thursday night football. So that, that's going to be something to watch for that Atlanta offense moving into yeah, the matchup. And I have Patterson in another league. I don't think I'm going to start him, even if he goes. It just seems too quick. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping for him to sit. Um, yeah, and, and Rodgers we expect to play, but that's a good point that like a, a DNP is, is at least a little bit concerning at the beginning of the week. So hopefully he's able to get back to full health. All right, so getting into the trade discussions then. <clears throat> I've been trying to pass uh, – Pass Trey Lance over to Hamza, play to that 49er bias for a while, and I've been asking for one of his receivers. Um, he's got a million receivers, so I, I asked for either Devontae Smith, AB, or the, the guy not playing, Calvin Ridley. Um, and I, I got a couple interesting counters back. So, Hamza, well, let's walk through, walk through what you were countering back. Yeah, so... I mean, as a 49ers fan, I obviously do like Lance. Um, I see the potential there, especially as a rushing quarterback um, in our Superflex League. But the the other side of it being that as a 49ers fan, I, I keep up with the local beat reporters over here where a lot of the news has been that we're likely not going to see Lance uh, unless the 49ers are completely out of playoff contention, which after last week, week's win uh over the rams on monday night uh it's it's all for the taking at this point especially moving forward uh you look at the niners schedule 
rest of the season, there's a lot of winnable games. You got the Jags, Vikings, Texans, and Falcons as should be winning games for the 49ers, especially with the defense finally clicking. I, I just don't see Lance coming in to uh, overtake Garoppolo, at least at this point. So my right, counter so my so so my counter to that point was just uh, that it's a lottery ticket. You don't need him to start even until week 15. So you're looking at the last three weeks, four weeks of the season. Um, and if the 49ers fortunes do change until from now until then, he has a lottery ticket on his bench. Um, so anyways, but then then he offered me Landry and Gallup and uh, one of Landry and Gallup who he ended up dropping anyways. So I was trying to make the point that if you're comfortable with those two guys, as filling out the rest of your receiving core, that you should be willing to give up one of your, either your fourth or fifth wide receiver, because it's going to be a guy ultimately as the season progresses that you're not going to be able to play or in Ridley's case might not even ever come back. Um, so uh, unfortunately I tried, I tried to throw in Heineke too, because that was something that uh, Hamza was trying to pursue was Heineke. So Lance and Heineke for those guys, but too many lottery tickets, too many roster spots that just didn't end up working out. Yeah, and I and I think um, given my position in the league standings, I, I've got a little bit of room to be a bit more conservative in terms of who I'm holding and and all that. I know I know you'd say like that gives you more room to hold Lance as a lottery. That's ticket. exactly what I was gonna say. But uh, but uh, for, you can lose me, out. You can hold Lance for the whole time, and hopefully he starts by the time you need him. Yeah, I I just know for me through the rest of the season, I'm gonna be cycling and flip flopping around my rotations with wide receivers based on matchups, um, because of that luxury that I have now with the some of those high end uh, wide receiver twos, depending on the matchup. All right. Awesome. Well, that's our, our uh, little trade roundup there. We, we did talk about David Montgomery for about half a second as well. Um, he, he offered me Damian Harris and one of his wide receivers. Um, and that's not particularly interesting to me because I, I have my three receivers and Monty is in my flex. So hopefully um, he's able to provide more upside than either Harris or uh, any of the wide receivers that I'd be getting. It, it would it would give me a fourth wide receiver because that's currently a, a pretty big hole on my team. But uh, moving towards the playoffs, I'm hoping to just maintain health and try to try to get as much upside out of my lineup as I can. I did counter with Monty and Godwin for Kamara, and that took about 0.001 seconds for Hamza to start typing back to me. So that was a big fat no. <laughs> yeah. Uh um i don't know man i just I, I just miss monty i know everyone in this league knows my my love for david montgomery and my absolute hatred towards matt Nagy. can't quit matt Nagy, man can't live with him can't live without him but uh i, I just I, I miss him i miss him so all right now we're going to move on to some of hums's reactions to my studs and duds we're going to do a couple disagrees first followed by two agrees um, so his first disagree on uh, on something that I said, I had a stud as Miles Gaskin, so I'll throw it over to him on his thoughts. Yeah, so I, I know we talked about this a little, and I, I, I disagree kind of with that stud designation just because I do agree he's going to perform fine. I just don't know if it's going to be a bona fide stud performance this week. I, For me, like, uh, if someone's going to be for performing as a stud, it's going to be an RB1 maybe that week. 
I see him bringing back some. I don't see him breaking into that top tier of running back scoring for this week, just just based on the game and his utilization in that in that team. Which is fair too, and and I a lot of my decision on Gaskin, um, I did I did pump him up. I do think he'll be an RB one, but I, I did uh, I did also see he's projected for nine points. So that one uh, that was a big reason why I decided to choose him because I think he's going to beat that easily. Um, the second stud that Hamza disagreed with me on was Mac Jones. Yeah, th- this for me is kind of the hard. Uh, dud that I see coming up tonight in tonight's matchup, actually. Given how hurt Atlanta is on the offensive side, you've got the New England Patriots, which are a run-first offense on the rise with a good defense and a good running back backfield as well. So I just don't see Mac Jones having to do much tonight, and I, I actually see this as a dud for this week. Which is an interesting thing because if the running backs do take all of the touchdowns, that definitely limits Mac Jones's upside. I I just think that there's going to be a one that's a little bit longer touchdown, maybe 20 ish yards, you know, to to one of the receivers that they have there. And and I do think Hunter Henry is primed to get in uh, this week. And I I think that uh, Belichick is really really anxious to display his new toy in prime time with Mac Jones there. So uh, playing well. So I just. I, I stand by with what I said. Um, so jumping jumping into the players that Hamza agreed with me on uh, with uh, d- my dud call on BMW. Yeah, so this one is a I, I totally wholeheartedly agree. I think um, something I was reading online the other day. It's uh, weeks one through five. Mike Williams has been the wide receiver too. But then when you look at six through 10, he's down to the wide receiver 80. So something's just not clicking there. Um, I, I agree. It's probably going to be a dud type game coming from Mike Williams. And I know for uh, Jared, that's probably not the news he wants to hear. Um, but it's just something's not right with that offense. How uh, Herbert's been throwing the ball, it's not really going downfield all that much. So. I don't see it happening this week. Yep, and I I can just echo all that. I I own BMW in a different league, and it's just been tough the last month and a half. Um, and then the the second agree was was a stud, and it's Najee Harris. So I'll throw it over to you on your analysis of that. Yeah, I mean, you look at Najee, and he, I mean, the dude is just there every single down. He gets all the touches. He gets receptions. Big Ben's not throwing as deep as uh, he used to. So really, uh, I mean, the efficiency might not be there for Najee Harris. I know he's not that high when it comes to yards for carry on the season. But when you just look at the utilization, the, the dude gets his work. And I see that continuing this week as well. You got any thoughts on it? It, if uh, if it's not Big Ben, because I think we're expecting Mason Rudolph to get the start here tonight or on on Sunday. I'm sorry. I I honestly don't see any difference. Um, I think the matchup against the Chargers, uh, Rundy. As much as this league might uh, shit on me for that, uh, I just don't see the Chargers being able to stop Najee. Um, I, I agree with that there. And, and another note, too, is that the Chargers uh, are going to be without Joey Bosa this week. He's on the COVID exactly. list. Uh, I'm pretty sure he tested positive. I'm pretty sure he's unvaccinated. So um, he's going to be out this week. And that's that's definitely unfortunate for the Chargers defense there. 
Um, all right. So jump in before we jump into buy or sell, I just got a news alert that Camaro was not at practice today, a DNP after being limited on Wednesday. So that is definitely something to watch. He's coming back from an MCL sprain, which is not a, uh, not an easy injury necessarily to come back from in one week. So, um, we'll, we'll get an update on that as the, as the week progresses, but we might be getting another start from Mark Ingram here this week. Yeah, All right, so jumping that's, that's a big one for me, but I'll, I'll yeah. wait till the final practice report comes out to to do anything rash. <laughs> Definitely, and you have Mark Ingram, which makes it easier. He he was a stud last week. He's obviously not as good as Kamara, but he's definitely a starter and definitely uh, uh, serviceable enough replacement. All right, so jumping into buy or sell, I'm going to tee up some questions for Hamza. Hamza is going to tee up a couple things for me, and we'll uh, we'll roll through these. Um, number one, the Rams are going to be able to win the NFC West. Buy or sell? Um, I don't think they'll be able to win. I, I see a rough rest of season schedule. Um, I think the the matchup that happened on Monday night against the Niners could be somewhat of a concerning point, um, but they've got a lot of tough divisional games left. You see the Seahawks with Russell Wilson back. Cardinals are going to be there. Um, do believe they play the Niners again. Uh, and then beyond that, they've got the Packers, the Ravens, which even off a of fluke Dolphins loss, I, I don't see being an easy matchup. So Given how, that they're a little behind, um, and and the how close the NFC West is, uh, I I'm gonna say that they don't make the or win the NFC West division. Fair, and I, I'm I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna sell this. I do think that the Rams are gonna be able to come out of the NFC West. I think that the Cardinals have had some. They they've shown out really well. They they beat the Rams earlier in the year, um, but I think the Rams. Integrating Odell is going to take more than a week, right? He only played 15 snaps. That's going to that's going to be something that's going to happen more organically. There's no way that the offense is going to have five drops again. That was pathetic. And I, I really think Von Miller is going to be a good addition on the defense. And I, I think that they're going to be able to shut a lot of people down. So I think as that team, uh, as newly constructed, gets more co uh, uh, gets plays together more often, I really think that it's going to be a good recipe for them to win that division all right so the second buy or sell we have here is the 49ers are a playoff team homs is the guest host i had to include this <laughs> um and and i i mean I, I i have to buy this i mean i mentioned it earlier looking at their rest of season schedule you've got a bunch of games that look winnable on paper obviously it's the nfl so anything can happen but but at least on paper these are these are games that the 49ers should be winning it looks like the defense is kind of getting their things together at this point. Uh, so I, I feel like they have a chance for that wild card spot. Obviously, it's not going to be a divisional win, uh, given the other teams in the division. Right. But I see them scraping by. All right. And I'm I'm selling this again. Gavin's going to love that answer. Um, you got to have a good coach. And I just think that Shanahan hasn't been a good coach this year. Um, so Ayuk is more involved. Trey Sermon's still nowhere to be found. Um, they did get Jeff Wilson back, so maybe that'll give a little boost and a little bit of relief to Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. Um, 
the defense did have a good rushing performance. I do think they do well against Jacksonville this week, but overall they've just been getting shredded on the ground. So I, I think that that's going to make it really difficult for them to control the clock, which is what they want to do. And if they get behind at all, they're going to have to rely on Garoppolo to throw it. And I just, I just don't think that's a good recipe for them. So I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Fair enough. All right. So the next one, and I think this is kind of interesting to both of us, but Antonio Brown coming back is going to push Godwin outside of the top 20 wide receivers for the end of the season. So I'm buying this uh, with Antonio Brown uh, on the field. He's actually been the best Tampa Bay wide receiver for, uh, for fantasy purposes since he started playing for Tampa Bay uh, in the middle of last year um, when they're all on the field. So I, I think that that's going to end up pushing Godwin's targets down. And I think that Godwin's volume is what really drives his value. So I think he's going to end up sliding below uh, wide receiver 20. And they have a really tough schedule at this, uh, coming up here in, uh, in the playoff, in the fantasy playoffs. So I really just don't think that Godwin is going to be a difference maker or a top 20 wide receiver from this point or from when AB is healthy forward. Yeah. And I, I agree with those points. Um, I think where I'm a little more 50-50 is just seeing how banged up AV has been. So it's it'll really just come down to when, if and when he comes back. And then also, I think a lot of it will end up playing into how Tampa Bay stands up in the NFC standings and what their playoff potential is. Um, and and we'll, we'll see what their matchups end up looking like, but I'm a little more 50-50. Um, I don't know if I buy or sell it. It's really hard, but if you're going to make me, I guess, I guess I'll sell it um, just because I don't know when AB is going to come back, but I, I do agree with you. Um, he has been kind of the receiver to have on Tampa Bay. I think he's averaging uh, in at least in half PPR, a, a monstrous um, 16 points about. So I, he 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 will do work and take away from Godwin if he does come back. Right. Yeah. And the the schedule that I'm referring to, I, sh I should have been more clear earlier, but they get Buffalo in Week 14, the Saints in Week 15, Carolina in Week 16, and the Jets in Week 17. So um, the Jets obviously isn't as scary as the rest of those matchups, but um, you know that's that's still not a great schedule for Weeks 14 to 17. Yeah. Um, so moving on. Also kind of maybe irrelevant to my, my team, but uh, what do you think about Ramondre taking over from Damian Harris as the lead back in the New England backfield? I'm buying this. By the end of the season, I think Harris is going to be uh, at least second fiddle to Ramondre's first uh, for a, you know starter position. I, I really think that um, we saw something from Ramondre that we hadn't seen from Damian Harris in his, in, in his whole career, getting, getting 20 carries a hundred yards and two touchdowns on top of having four receptions is something that we haven't seen from a Patriots running back in a long time with James white. They always had that passing down, uh, running back. And then they've had Brandon Bolden and, and JJ Taylor kind of filling in on that role. But then this week, it, Bolden was still productive, but four receptions for Stevenson is something that I think shows that they trust him. Now, this 
drastically changes if Stevenson fumbles at any point, because if he fumbles, he's done. So we'll see. And I, I don't necessarily think that from Harris as much. So we'll, we'll see how this turns out, but I'm buying this for right now that he will take over as the starter uh, before the end of the season. Yeah. And I'm going to sell, um, although I do agree he's done enough uh, and he showed enough to get more touches and more opportunities. I, I don't think he takes over from Damian Harris this year. Um, I think if anything, at most, it becomes more like what you see in the Denver backfield where it's a little more 50-50 split between Javante and Melvin Gordon. So I'm going to sell this. Nice way to tee it up for the next one. So I have a buyer sell that Javante Williams finally takes over from Melvin Gordon coming out of the bye week. Buy or sell. I am going to buy this big time. Um, if you had asked me, I think before last week, uh, I might have had a different opinion, but going into the bye, we saw Gordon fumble in a critical game, basically losing, or a critical time in the game, basically losing the game for the Broncos. That was brutal. 20 to, 20 to 17, they were driving, they were in the red zone to, to, to tie or take the lead and then just fumble return for six. That's tough. Yeah, and, and I think Melvin Gordon's always had fumble problems, but he hasn't had a back like Javante pushing him as much right behind him before. So given that Javante's been knocking on the door, producing, I, I think coming out of the bye, we see a switch where uh, Javante starts getting more of the work and probably some of those goal line carries that Melvin Gordon's been getting for most of the year. Yeah, and so I'd, I'd love to agree with you. I'd love to buy it, but I'm, I'm going to sell this one, and I'm going to sell it pretty – uh, pretty hard on this one, in my opinion. I I just think if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Like it, Gordon has been awesome. He's been scoring. He's been a good in the passing game when they've thrown him the ball. Javante's been having big plays. He's been very physical. He has the most missed tackles um, of any running back in the league. So I think you know with the opportunities he has been getting, he's been running through contact well. And I, I just don't see a need for Denver, who's going to need to run the ball to win, to really move away from what they've been doing just because of one catastrophic mistake for Gordon. So I, I'm going to sell this. I think that they're going to continue to have as close to a 50-50 split as you can in a, any backfield. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a big decision that everyone's looking out to see what the Broncos do coming out of that by. Exactly. And I, th I think it's a tough decision. I don't think anybody really knows is the thing, too. I think that's why it's it's something that continues to get talked about a lot on when Javante instead of if Javante is going to be taking over. Yeah. Um, so the next the next buyer sell here is Jalen Waddell in 2021 will be the second half version of Brandon Ayuk in 2020. I. This one's a tough one for me, but I, I think I buy it. I think you um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the comparison. Uh, you kind of really finished down the stretch really, really good last year. And I, and I see Waddle. I mean, there's a little hesitation when it comes to Devontae Parker potentially coming back um, and seeing what his involvement's going to look like in that Dolphins offense. But, I mean, Waddle's been getting the ball. He's been getting the looks and targets from uh, both, honestly, Brissett and Tua. And with Tua coming, being the starter moving forward and being the better quarterback, I, I see that production continuing uh, through the second half of the year. 
Yeah, and for me, I just I, I'm going to sell this mainly because Brandon Ayuk was wide receiver four for the last eight weeks of the season last year. I think that Waddle is going to be great. He was on my studs list this week, and I just um, I just think that wide receiver four is a little bit too high of an expectation. I do think he can be a wide, uh, top fifteen wide receiver. Um, so you know, if we want to have that be the threshold, that's something that I could buy into. Um, and I, I do think he's going to be good, but getting up to wide receiver four is the reason why I'm going to sell that. Yeah. And that's fair. But I mean, for me, it's, you've got the jets twice, you've got the giants, you've got new Orleans who hasn't been able to stop anyone. Um, Tennessee and then new England and Carolina is their remaining schedule with a buy thrown in. And that's a pretty juicy schedule, uh, rounding out the year. I agree. And the the New Orleans matchup for him isn't scary at all because hopefully Devontae Parker or Will Fuller will be back by that time. And then Lattimore can cover one of them and Waddle's not going to get that coverage. So he's going to see a lot of targets in that game likely be with with the other uh, with the other players getting um, getting covered by Lattimore. 100 um, percent. So I'll take the ne- uh, start off the next one. So. What do you think about Mike Gesicki ending the season as a top five tight end, given the fact that he's currently number three, even with those two goose eggs he's dropped? Yeah, and it it seems unbelievable that he's still wide receiver. uh, I'm sorry, tight end three, even though he's got two zeros in there. That just kind of reflects how good he's been. Um, I am going to sell this, though. I think Kyle Pitts has a chance to pass him. Um, He's been playing better. He's kind of the number one option in the Falcons offense. I really hope that uh, the Falcons start playing better because they were atrocious last week um, in order for that to happen. And I also expect Gesicki to not perform as highly as he has been because Devontae Parker and uh, Will Fuller are both expected back in this offense. So I think his target share comes down with additional weapons being added into the offense. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to buy this. I I, I think with Tua kind of back and consistently playing, the offense should look a lot better. Their schedule is favorable heading into the end of the year. And so, so I'm going to buy this. I, I, I think he's already shown um, we're in week week 11 at this point. So we've got a fair amount of data at this point to show the connection. And I, I, I think he continues up this production. Nice. So rolling into our last buyer sell, Chris Caffrey pulls Emo's team into a playoff spot. I'm going to sell this. Um, I, I think Stevie Mo. I'm sorry. Um, I know you're down there at uh, three and seven right now in ninth place. Looking at CMC's rest of season schedule, it, it looks pretty rough. And on top of that, you've got a critical week 13 buy where Stevie Mo's just not going to have CMC there uh, to play. So I, at three and seven, with that tough schedule and week 13 buy, I, I don't see see it happening. Nice. I, uh, I'll i push back on the schedule a little bit because he gets the Washington football team, Miami, and Atlanta. So I'm not sure he could have a much better schedule before the fantasy playoffs than that. Uh, but the bye week is tough, and Stevie Mo does need as many wins as he can get. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell this too. I, I think he's too far behind in total points, so he has to make up three games on somebody that's currently in the playoff spot with four to play. So 
Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to come up a little bit short, but I do think that he's going to be a very, very effective spoiler here over the next month. Agreed. All right, so last segment, we're going to jump into uh, our predictions for this week's matchups, week 11. So the first one we've got is uh, Tyler and Jared. Uh, what do you think, Trevor? So my prediction here is that Jared's going to end up taking it from Tyler. He's, he's had a couple rough weeks. My prediction is that it's going to be 130 to 110. Um, and as much as I want Tyler to win, just to pull Jared into that sea of teams kind of competing for those last few roster spots, um, I think Jared is is primed for a breakout week this week. He's got Swift against Cleveland, who should go off. Evans against the Giants, who you know might as well just pencil him in for two touchdowns right now. Um, and so I, I think that um, he'll get his lineup together this week and will end up taking home a W. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I know – Tyler doesn't want to hear it, but I see this as a get right game for Jared coming off two straight losses. So yeah, I agree exactly. with everything you said. All right. And then the second matchup is, is you and Gavin. So what, what do you got for us on your, your matchup? So I think looking at, looking at my notes from last night, I would have said it was going to be a lot closer than what sleeper said, but given the news of Camara not practicing, I still think Damien Harris performs tonight. Um, and I, I think it'll still be closer than what sleepers calling out, but I think now, now I might have to take Gavin on this and my nine, nine wins straight streak is going to come to an end probably. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to roll with that prediction. I got Gavin winning this one. He doesn't want to hear it. He probably thinks I'm jinxing him. And if he loses, he's going to be all mad, but my projection, my projection, uh, or prediction is 152 to 128. Um, I think I think this week is is uh, unfortunately where where the luck is going to run out for you in terms of your win streak. Nine straights impressive though. We're going to have to start talking about that more often um, in, in years to come. If anybody can drop that nine nine game winning streak, or anybody can top that nine game winning streak, um, Gavin needs this a lot worse than you. I just think that his team has kind of been underperforming a little bit lately. DJ Moore, I think. We'll get on track with Cam. Cam's going to get his first start. I think he's going to jump right back in, try and feed more as many targets as he can get. Um, and I think Ayuk is going to have a solid game against Jacksonville. Um, you know, in, in that game could potentially get out of hand. And I don't think Ayuk is going to be one of the guys that comes off the field. I think, you know, they'll, they could turn to Jeff Wilson at running back and they could take Debo or, uh, and or Kittle off the field if it does get out of hand. And then all everything could potentially in this matchup funnel through Ayuk in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and looking on my side, a lot of the matchups are, are not favorable. I mean, the, the Colts are playing Buffalo, and I've got a And you've got all big, three of those. Yep. Yeah, I've got a pretty big chunk of uh, my team tied up into that matchup. So looking into that, I, I just it's going to be tough for me, and I, I see Gavin taking this win. Yeah, maybe Gavin will get his, uh, his kicker switched out here eventually too. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then jumping into the third matchup, we got Matt and Jordan. This is a one. This is definitely the most important matchup of the week that we have. So what do you got for us? I see Jordan winning this right now. Um, but I, I honestly, I think we'll see what the news looks like through the rest of the week. I, I see this matchup kind of flip-flopping pretty hard depending on the news around uh, Chubb and Dearness Johnson. Um, Matt still got big questions around his 
running backs. I mean, we'll see if Sanders makes the return. Uh, then that that could help him, given how much Philadelphia has been running the ball. But that Browns backfield is going to be the key point this week, since um, especially because Matt's got Dearness and Jordan's got Nick Chubb. So uh, we'll we'll see Direct what happens. Conflict there. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm I'm also going to predict Jordan here. I'm I am anticipating Chubb will be back, so that's that's why I have it swinging that way. I got 133 to 122. I think it will be really close, um, but Matt does have some some big problems here. He has to start Simeon, who he picked up in his flex instead of Stafford. Stafford's been bad for two straight weeks, so maybe that won't be uh, affected that much. But he currently doesn't have a receiver, uh, a third receiver in there because Hopkins status is at least you know somewhat in question he hasn't picked up a defense yet and without de Ernest, he he doesn't have a an rb2 in there um like you said it might be sanders or if sanders doesn't play he might go with jordan howard but those are definitely not his ideal match uh or ideal starts if you were to ask him so i think jordan potentially is in a better spot here he's getting healthy for this week you, you guys know i love james connor so i think he's going to have a massive performance and i i think jordan's able going to be able to edge matt so kind of moving on to the next one um we've got stevie mo versus craig another big one yeah and so this one i have projected as the closest matchup of the week i have craig taking it 125 to 120. um personally i obviously am uh am rooting for stevie mo for my personal interests so i can pass craig in the standings um, it would also be interesting to see Stevie Mo get a win and get to four and seven because there will be a couple other four and seven teams and then five and six teams as well. So um, that could potentially get him, you know, more into the mix if he is able to take this one home. But um, I do think that Craig is going to be able to win here. Um, you guys know I love Mac Jones. So maybe tonight that is going to you know, change how I feel about how close this matchup is going to be. But I think Cook's. Lockett, Schultz, all bounce back this week. So whoever he decides to start in his flex, I think is going to end up being a, a good player. Um, he currently has um, all of those guys in his lineup. So he, he made some roster decisions there. Um, and I know Schultz only had two targets and uh, one catch for 14 yards. I don't think that continues. They get Kansas City. They're going to be having to throw a ton um, to keep up with the score there. And so I, I anticipate that Dalton Schultz will be back to his, you know, six, seven targets and, and you know, 50 yards. So uh, that's that's what I think ultimately those those end of roster or end of roster starters are going to be the ones that end up pushing Craig over the top. Mm, and, and I think I'm actually on the other end. I, I think Stevie Mo pulls the sleeper upset on this one. I mean, I, I talked about it earlier. I don't see Mac Jones doing too much tonight. Um, I, I think he's going to have a more of a dud performance. I think the defense will kind of carry them along with running the ball. Um, and then additionally, I, I don't see Cooks performing this week uh, as much, as high as his projection. I see a dud game uh, given the struggles the Texans have had. Um, I know Terod Taylor's back, but I just don't see it happening with uh, Tennessee uh all of a sudden turning it around and changing their philosophy around their defense and really showing up and on top of that i just don't know if i trust antonio gibson that much to play against carolina's rundy um it 
may depending on what the score looks like it may end up being more of a jd mckissick game and i think that plays into stevie mo's hand so i i take stevie mo on the upset for this week yeah, I don't, I don't buy into it being J.D. McKissick games versus Gibson games. J.D. McKissick has been as inconsistent as it as it comes. So um, I will so say Gibson. So I mean, well, I will say for Gibson that he took New Orleans rush defense for 60 yards and two touchdowns. And then last week just took Tampa Bay's rushing defense for 64 yards and two touchdowns. So I don't anticipate multiple scores, but he has shown that in games that they can keep close, even against run good run defenses, that he can put up big point totals. So I, I still anticipate a double-digit point total for him this week. Yeah, well, we'll just have to see. I mean, Carolina is probably going to have a Agreed. new look team this this week with Cam Newton coming in. Um, so it may be a much more productive offense, and we might see the game run away from Washington. So we'll, we'll just have to see. This back and forth, I think, highlights that we both agree as well that this is going to be a tight matchup. Oh, yeah. And so last one, we've got you, uh, Trevor versus Mike. Um, and I know Mike's not going to want to hear this, but I'm taking Trevor. Um, I think the matchups are too good on Trevor's side this week. Uh, you've got Cook versus Green Bay, Najee versus the Chargers. And what looks to be a shootout with Lamb and the Cowboys against the Chiefs. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of booms waiting to happen on Trevor's side of the ball. So I'm going to take take you on this one. Yeah, and I'm I'm taking myself as well. I got to have confidence in myself. So my score prediction is 275 to 100 um, because f you, Mike, and I'm going to smash you. Um, Cousins going for 40 against the Packers. And the Packers are still going to blow them out. So, um, you know, no, I, I, I'm hoping anyways for a solid week. I, I'm, I've been pretty hot lately, and I hope at least a couple of my guys can beat their projections because that seems to be the case, you know, two or three every week. Um, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. I, I know Mike is a little bit down on, uh, on his team right now because Henderson and Aaron Jones are both out this week. Um, so, you know, he, he does have Dylan to take over the, one of those spots. So he's got an RB one there, but then Kenyon Drake is kind of a, um, a mediocre RB two and, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what he ends up doing. If Alan Robinson ends up playing, even, I know he hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, maybe he'll practice today. I, I haven't seen any update on him today. Um, but we'll see how this ends up turning out. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll see. I just, I don't, I don't trust a Rob and that Matt Nagy offense just, just yet, even though I miss Monty. So, and fields has been looking better. So who knows? I mean, four for 65, I think was Allen Robinson's game before the bye too. So we'll see how it turns out, but um, you know, hopefully I am able to, to take that matchup and then I'll have the same record as Mike. I, I don't think I'll catch him in points, but um, it will be interesting to see if I'm able to vault into potentially that conversation around the, uh, the number two seed that bye week. Yeah. All right. I think that's it, right? Yep. With that, that's all that we have planned for you guys. Again, thank you for continuing to listen. I know the, the, uh, well, from what I've heard, everybody's been enjoying it. So we're going to continue to do it. Um, we might not do three a week, but we do have the framework now for it. And maybe we have another host, uh, another guest host next week. And, uh, thanks for con continuing to watch. Yeah, and th thanks for having me, Trevor. Uh, it was an absolute blast. I know we started messaging last night and got this together real quick, so um, anytime. This was awesome.
of course. Like I said, it's not it's not a ton of work, so it's it's actually just really fun to kind of uh, put together. I, I text with a lot of you guys, anyways, so you know we just kind of roll roll those conversations and what we discuss into this and and have some fun with it.